When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Austin, also known as Teacup. And my name is Shelby, also known as SheCup. Join us as we embark on unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed universe. From Assassins to Templars to the mysterious Isu and more, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. I'm Shelby or SheCup and I'm one of your co-hosts for this show and I'm super excited to be here today and I'm joined with my co-host and I'll let him introduce himself. So I am Austin, also known as Teacup. So we talked about Juno and then we talked about the instruments of the first will over the past two weeks. So I'm just going to go ahead and guess that we're still talking about Isu um, and maybe even a specific one of them. That is correct. We are talking today about Minerva and Jupiter, the other members of the Capuline Triad. So Minerva is the Isu that we meet at the end of Assassin's Creed 2, correct? Yes, that is correct. Interesting. I remember doing that. I was kind of thrown for a whole loop there in that quest at the end of that game. Yeah, it was definitely an interesting thing that happened there. Okay, well, let's just jump on into the content unless you have any other questions for me. Nope, not at this moment. All right, so Minerva is the first ever Isu that we ever encountered. As you said earlier, we do encounter her at the end of Assassin's Creed II in the vault underneath the Vatican. So Minerva's role was of the sacred voice of the Capitoline Triad. But she seemed higher up in Isu, she seems higher up in Isu kind of society because she's present for all these important moments. She's present for the assassination of Saturn, which we talked about in the Juno episode. And she seems to have this like more higher up relationship with humanity during all of this time. Uh, and she is one of the Isu that we see that seems to believe in humanity's 
potential that seems to believe and view humanity in a more positive light. Some of the other Isu Juno specifically do not always view humanity in such a light, but Minerva seems to have a more positive relationship with humanity than other Isu. I like to think of Minerva as the one Isu that actually likes human humanity a little bit. It kind of comes across that way. So despite her having a pretty prominent role and being one of the first Isu that we ever encounter, we don't know much about her, actually, of the outside of what we experience in the games. And so not much is known pro- about her prior to the Isu human war. What we do know that is she was accounted among those who thought that humanity would evolve one day to be counted as equals among the Isu. And this is a point she argues with Saturn and Juno that humanity might even be evolve enough and be intelligent enough to be considered the Isu's equals. And then we first see mention of Minerva during the Isu human war as she is among those who avoid fighting fighting by working on the prevention of the solar flare, which we see in Assassin's Creed 3 and all the things that they tried there. So as we know, they don't pretend prevent the great catastrophe they don't have enough time to complete the things they were trying to do however because minerva is in the grand temple at this time she actually survives the solar flare and walks among the like ten thousand humans that survived is ten thousand a big enough number to sustain some form of repopulation i would guess so why i mean why wouldn't it be big enough? I don't know. I, I'm assuming that there has to be a certain gene variety to and like threshold of gene variety to sustain a kind of repopulation like that. Yeah, that's fair. I just feel like all you need is, you know, a handful of families and you're good. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't really know. I'm not a geneticist or a scientist. So I, I don't, mean, me neither. If anyone- if anyone who is is listening could tell me the viability of what number we would need to like successfully repopulate the earth. Um, but I mean, I guess it depends on what you mean by repopulate. Are we trying to get back to 7 billion people or are we trying to get back to enough to, to ensure a species survival? Like, I guess I could look, we could think about, do you know the number for like, what number a species reaches when they go off endangered list? No, I have no idea. I mean, I know nothing about any of that. Well, if you are that, please let us know because we are curious. So this is a fun little thing prior to when we see her in Assassin's Creed 2. During Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you can meet a woman posing as Athena or Minerva who gives Cassandra slash Alexios several tasks to complete to prove their wisdom. And later on, when you go into the simulations, later of like the Atlantis storyline, there is a person you can encounter in Atlantis who thinks you're a follower of Minerva. So just little things of here and there. So after that, Minerva kind of disappears from known history until she's encountered by Ezio in the Vatican vault. 
And so this is really interesting because in her speech, she says a couple notable things that I want to point out. Um, she claims that the Isu are not gods and that they are simply the ones who came before. She asks for the apple so that they can give thanks, which she's the only one that kind of does that with any kind of piece of Eden. And then she also tells Desmond in the message to beware the cross, which we obviously can interpret as the Templars. Or you could interpret it to Daniel Cross. You could. I hadn't even thought about that, honestly. And I just met him. Yeah. yeah. Or Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> that was a That's, joke. Yeah, it seems unlikely, but yeah. Or Jesus. Uh, so after that, we don't see Minerva again until AC3 when she appears at the very end. Well, her actual appearance and some of the flashbacks that Juno does, she can appear, but we don't see her in herself until the end of Assassin's Creed 3, where she appears to Desmond, begging him not to activate basically the towers that are going to save the Earth because it would free Juno. She shows Desmond the future that would happen if he follows her. Um, and Desmond sees that and says, nah, we deserve to fight for ourselves. And he frees Juno, sacrificing himself. And that's really all we kind of get of Minerva. But she is this role of sacred voice and kind of in that Isu leadership. So before we take our break and we talk about just her in general, I do have some fun facts. So Minerva is one of the statues that can be collected around Monterey Joni in Assassin's Creed 2. So she's actually paired with Jupiter and you can get that and you get like 2,000 florins for doing that. Um, in Assassin's Creed Renaissance novel, which is kind of the novelization of Assassin's Creed 2, uh, Minerva appears with an owl on her shoulder, which is a common symbol of Athena and Minerva the owl and the owls of in our day now was a symbol of wisdom uh and in her speech she makes no mention of Ezio being the prophet which she does in the game I well I guess this is less of an ask and more of a comment so Athena is also the goddess of war and wisdom and Correct. so I think it's really interesting that Minerva kind of occupies this peacemaking role between Juno and the rest of the Isu because Juno is the one that wants to attack humans and kill us all and enslave us all and Minerva is the one that takes on that peacemaking role more than um, any other Isu we've seen so I think it's interesting that she has this connection with literally the goddess of war mm -hmm. and I think this is really really interesting because of Ubisoft choosing to use Minerva and not Athena as her name. Because in Roman mythology, Minerva is just the goddess of wisdom. Oh, okay. Interesting. But like they're still she, connected. Yes. Yes. Um, in fact, and I'm going to go on in the Percy Jackson books, there's a big whole thing about their Roman personas and that like Minerva 
is less of a goddess because they take away the war aspect. Um, and like Minerva or Athena's war goddess is different than like Ares god of war. Athena is like the god of like strategy and strategic mm-hmm. thinking, all of that when it comes to war. The Romans kind of take that way and she gets diminished and that's part of the beef between the Greek demigods and the Roman demigods. Right. I um, will say... As a now Nashvillian, Athena is important to us because we have a statue of her in our city. Yes. So um, I guess that we feel obligated to like her. I don't know. Also, this is another kind of anachronism that appears in the Animus. The statue you find uh, around Monterey Joni is a more modern take than the time period so, so it's like a statue from the like 1700s as opposed to the 14 so 15. is the statue in Monterigioni um more like our statue in nashville a little bit <laughs> that's hilarious to me but i just think that's funny that's this little like anachronism like no like Ezio wouldn't have had a statue like that because that style wasn't around right sure that's hilarious so yeah that's all about minerva well you ready to transition into our break let's do it shoot shoot the flying demon malaka 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 even now faced as i am with the truth of your cold words i refuse because I believe things can still change. I may never succeed. The assassins may struggle another thousand years in vain, but we will not stop. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about is our Discord server. We have a Discord server based on all of our podcasts. It's where all of um, our podcasts, like it's their home. So come join us, come hang out. We're, I think we got like 150 members now and it's a great time. So definitely come and join us so we can talk about all kinds of things, including Assassin's Creed and including real life too. So we also have a Patreon. Um, We have a couple patrons and we're so thankful for them keith r is our mentor tier assassin patron and we're super thankful to him and so you can come join us and become one of our patrons you get early access to episodes you get ad free access to episodes and at certain tiers you can even come on the show with us so definitely make sure you join our patreon it's a lot of fun over there too Um, And then we also, we have a review to read, but before I read the review, I just want to say we're trying to get to 50 reviews on Apple. We have 28 right now, so we we need a lot more, but reviews really, really help us. It definitely tells people, um, hey, this is a great podcast to listen to, and um, that's super important for getting the show out there. So if you love our show, definitely give us a review if you can. So our review today that I have to read is from MK10 Gamer, and this is what he says. 
I started listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast as soon as I saw it in my Spotify recommended list. I fully enjoy listening to the episodes when I'm working as I work nights. The Lorecast helps me stay awake with interesting topics and reigniting my Assassin's Creed passion. Teacup comes in with the lore perfectly and Sheacup asks the same questions that I had or have at the same time. And even if I have a question or a mini headcanon after the episode, all I have to do is jump in the Discord and the cups are very reachable and will answer any questions with beautiful insight and passion, both from an older Assassin's Creed player and a new player coming into the franchise. The lore cast gives you the feel of a mentor teaching a new recruit the AC history. 100% recommend this podcast to all my friends and anyone who will listen. Five out of five hidden blades. Thank you so much. That was such a nice review and we're super thankful that um, you emailed us this review. So thank you. All right, Austin, I know you want me to talk about my playthrough right now, too, before we go back to the show, right? So it's it's official. I finished the Ezio trilogy. I very much enjoy the Ezio trilogy. I do. I do still stand by that Brotherhood is my favorite. That is Ezio's most fine, (laughs) um, in my opinion. So I I loved the the trilogy. Two, I think, is probably my least favorite of the three. Not that I didn't like it. I loved it. Um, but I I liked Brotherhood and Revelations. I think just, just a little bit more than two. But all three were excellent games. So now I've moved on to Assassin's Creed 3. I will also play Liberation, but I started with three. I'm like halfway into the game. There's 12 sequences. I'm in sequence six and I just got out of the tutorial. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. Um, But so I am playing as Connor. I've done all the Hatham stuff. Um, I loved Zio. Who else did I love? Um, I do love Achilles. He's great. He's great. Um, So I'm really enjoying it so far. The scenery is beautiful. Hunting is fun. I like that. I think I'm really going to like the homestead stuff. So I do have some thoughts. One, I just want everyone to know that all of the people that she liked, I totally called. Uh, 100% knew that those are the people that she was going to like. And I just want everyone to know that I was right. Um, But I'm really excited to keep playing three and I think it'll be a good time um speaking of you being right did you I don't hate hate them like yeah I didn't I, think you would hate I thought you would hate Charles Lee he's not that bad until he punches Connor like I didn't hate him in the f- first few opening sequences I was kind of like okay so he's just a sidekick right now and then he comes in with the big racist guns like what where did that come from punches an actual child not even just not even just punches the child like puts him in a chokehold is strangling a child like that's more than just simple assault that's like okay you're fixing to murder a child to be fair connor doesn't look like he's four years old in that which we've already established but i was shook right all right well that's all i really got about your playthrough i'm excited for you to keep going well me too but let's get back to the show and i know i was really nice to you but actually i'm just another templar plot twist and yes i would like very much for you to be controlled by a magic space wizard so that you can murder me i am not a father anymore i am not a husband i am not a magi i am a hidden one 
are the hidden ones. All right, so we talked about Minerva, and now we're going to go to the last member of the Capricorn triad, which is Jupiter. So Jupiter is, we know even less about him than we do Minerva, but we do know something thanks to Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So there are a little bit of spoilers for the storyline of that game. Sorry, Shelby. But if you're a listener and you don't want spoilers, this is your warning now. So Jupiter is the father of understanding for the Capitoline Triad. And so he's kind of the big dog. Uh, he's the leader. He is just in charge, it seems like, for that. So this is a little interesting little fat fun facts that I saw. So Jupiter was considered the golden child of the Isu. And like in Greek mythology and Roman mythology, he shared hostile relationships with his brothers Poseidon and Hades. These these relationships were so bad that after one such meeting, Poseidon was so angry at them that he outlawed any mention of them of Jupiter and Hades in Atlantis. Like, you couldn't even talk about them. Yikes. What did he do? I have no idea. Wow. I mean, to be fair to Zeus, it also could be an overreaction. Right. But it's also Zeus. So so that's all we really know about Jupiter, like, pre-Isu, human civil, <laughs> like, human civil war, because we don't know a lot about them at the time and so these are some interesting kind of facts that i learned about jupiter in my research that i thought were really interesting so it is jupiter who decides that the triad instead of fighting in the war is going to go and research this solar flare instead uh which seems what we know of like zeus from greek mythology and even roman mythology seems very like out of character yeah, like, like Zeus isn't one to be self-sacrificial. No. And he's known to be hot-headed and you pissed me off, so I'm gonna zap you with lightning. All right, so at some point, Aletheia, another Isu that we'll talk about later down the road, comes to Jupiter and the rest of the triad to propose the seventh method of salvation. Now we've talked about the seven method of salvation. This is the creation of the Isu sage. Now it's important to note at this point that there were six methods tried by the triad in the Grand Temple. None of them yielded results. This is the seventh method. This is the creation of the Isu sage, we do this in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where we as Odin go in and try to steal this seventh method. It is very similar to, I believe it's like the fifth, fourth or fifth method they try, which is when Aida, Juno's husband, becomes comatose and she's forced to euthanize him. So that so Jupiter and Minerva are very, very concerned about this seventh method of salvation and how it would dilute and corrupt the human genome. Because basically what it has is it goes in and rewrites human DNA 
to basically cause a cycle of reincarnation for Isu. Um, and that's part of like the personality thing that's going on there. And we'll talk about this when we talk about sages, but there's personality conflict in that, like, for example, with Eivor, like Eivor and Odin are both fighting for control of Eivor's body because there is a human personality and an Isu consciousness that are both residing in this individual. So Minerva and Jupiter are very concerned about it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, it's almost like when uh, in Dragon Age 2, if anyone knows about Dragon Age, it's almost like when Anders is possessed by justice. (laughs) Very, very similar, very similar. But it could also, honestly, it could be very much like what we could view synthesis like in the Mass Effect universe, the synthesis ending. And so they basically abandon it. They lock it away. They say, this isn't good. We don't want this to happen. At some point, Sitriger is his uh, Norse name, Jupiter's name. And in part of the Assassin's Creed storyline that deals with Odin, you go to him and he's gifted this cauldron that ever fills with mead. And it's stolen and lost, and you as Odin are tasked to go track it down. You track it down, and so Jupiter basically is like, okay, we're going to throw a feast now, because we have this cauldron that is full of mead, naturally. That's fun. Is that in one of the festival DLCs? No. So is that basically? Oh, that's really fun. Uh, And so... While at this party, Odin uses it as an opportunity to sneak into his storehouse with the help of Juno to steal the seventh method of salvation. Jupiter kind of finds out about this and he confronts Odin outside the entrance to the Grand Temple and they have a huge fight. Odin is victorious and Jupiter is basically like, you're going to fall anyways because you're arrogant and stupid and you're Odin and I hate you. Um, And so, and then as a result, Jupiter and Minerva strip Juno of her mother of wisdom title. So this happens, we see this in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Correct. But it doesn't happen in the timeline of Eivor. No. So this is a little spoilerly, but basically what happens is you have a, a seer at your encampment. And so that seer realizes that Eivor is having visions of Odin. And so she makes you drink like a mushroom concoction, like the Norse, like the Norse practices would be to commune with the gods. And you experience these visions of both Asgard and Jotunheim. And that's how you, so you're like looking back and it's at the time of Ragnarok. So it's everything leading up to this solar flare. So is Ragnarok the solar flare? Yes. Okay. I will stop asking questions because I'm 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 feeling like all of my questions that I have right now on this topic will be answered when I play Valhalla. Yes, they will. Well, and then you'll get more questions. 
But then by that point, Mirage will be out and they'll all get answered. Probably not. But yeah. <laughs> I can hope and dream, okay? You can. You can. I believe in you. So after the disaster, uh, Jupiter is also among those who live alongside humanity. We first see Jupiter in AC Revelation in Altair's vault under Masyaf. Uh He refers to Desmond as the cipher, though no one else ever does, and we're never explained why he's a cipher. Interesting. Um, well, I just did this recently and it was really funny to me because while you're playing, you're playing as Ezio, who's playing as Altair, but really you're Desmond, right? So like you're three levels in and then Desmond is just like, wait, what? (laughs) It's really funny. Yes. So interesting enough, Jupiter only appears in Minerva or in Juno's kind of flashbacks. He doesn't appear to Desmond in the Grand Temple. Jupiter is also among the statues that you can collect at Monterey Joni. Jupiter's helmet resembles an eagle, which is the traditional his traditional symbol as Zeus or Jupiter, and it's also the symbol of the assassins. In the Revelations novel, Jupiter refers to Juno and Minerva as his sisters, which is interesting because in Greek mythology, Minerva is, in Greek and Roman mythology, Minerva slash Athena is his daughter and Juno slash Hera is his sister wife. I mean, sure, that's interesting, but also like the gods all marry each other anyway. Hera's the sibling Mm -hmm. of Zeus, right? So, You know, they're Targaryens. It doesn't matter. Okay, they're Targaryens. There's our Game of Thrones reference. You guys, House of the Dragon is on right now. So, well, I guess it just finished. But it's, you know, it's just where we're at in the cultural moment. Let me make my Targaryen references. Yeah. All right, that's all I got for Juno. Or or, uh, Minerva and Jupiter. Um, that's interesting. So I need to read these novels and we need to watch the movies that I couldn't watch until after I finished the Ezio trilogy. Um, because you mentioned like three novels in this episode and I'm just kind of like, okay, but now I need to read all of them. Yeah. Well, um, this is that thing. I'm pretty sure that both renaissance and the revelation novel are available via the library via the library or via our library our library awesome cool i think the thing that's most interesting to me about this topic is that jupiter is supposed to be like the big dog right like he's the father of understanding but we know the least about him and i think i said in the last episode or maybe two episodes ago about how um they really the templars really just kind of replaced jupiter and like took his title for themselves because they want to ascend to godhood almost and I feel like that is not clearer than in this episode when you're like, we don't know very much about Jupiter. And it feels almost, I don't want to say orchestrated, 
but that is kind of how it feels. Yeah. I think that part of it is that for the like games after AC3, they really wanted to focus on Juno and paint her as like this Isu big bad and move the story along, but they didn't, they kind of stopped that. And so now they're going back and adding more information about the Isu. So I think part of it is that like Ubisoft originally intended probably to talk more about Jupiter and the Isu, but there's so much focused on Juno in the past, like timeline in the past games that now they're having to go back and kind of piece that together. So he's very important, but we don't know a lot about him. And I think that with the Templars, at least in their like agitation of the father of understanding, I think that has a lot to do with the Templars like to place themselves in power. And if we talk about our power dynamics in our world, then placing this father puts them in a better position of power because men have better positions of power. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree with that at all. That's just my take on the whole thing. But I do think that it's interesting that Minerva and Juno are very much similar to their actual Roman and Greek counterparts. Like Hera is not the biggest fan of humanity. And that that's kind of an understatement in its of itself. And like it's with Hera, it's less about humanity and it's more about demigods. She really hates demigods. It's not even about demigods though. It's about Zeus. Yes. I think she actually hates Zeus. I agree. Why are they married? I don't know. Because she's the goddess of marriage. So she has to be faithful to her man. I suppose. But let's um, wrap this thing up. (laughs) Yeah. But the but my point is is that jupiter and what we know is i think in a lot of ways not like his greek and roman counterpart like he's not really this hot-headed reactionary all about himself individual that zeus and jupiter can tend to be but this jupiter is more calm and i would view more as a leader than zeus from greek mythology yeah that's fair all right well let's wrap it up then well thank you so much for listening to this episode of the assassin's creed Lorecast. we had a lot of fun today and next week we'll be back with some more isu so thank you for listening thanks for listening to the assassin's creed Lorecast. you can find us on twitter at assassin's creed Lorecast. Or you could talk to us on Discord, in the Robots Radio Discord, or our personal Discord server. Both links found in this episode's descriptions. Thank you for listening, and always stay to the shadows to serve the light, assassins. Vault Dwellers, join me, Jax's sassy lady Romer, Eric, and the creator Maverick as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. 
you can send us an email using falloutrtd at gmail.com. Join us, the conversation has already started.